when the pandemic got to its prime, I literally pretty much lost all my contracts. What I did was I actually got a job as a garbage man in 2020. And nobody knows this is the first time anyone's gonna actually hear yeah. this. You got a job in 2020 as a garbage man. Yeah. You have your properties, yeah. you have Sam's Juices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still got a job I as still a garbage got a job. man. Yeah. I installed all those 150 units in the space of three weeks, bro. I made $20,000 in three weeks. And then I quit the garbage job. <laughs> We're back, episode nine. We got a very special guest today. And honestly, um, I wanna give you your flowers. Like, you know, right now, because honestly, and I mean this very genuinely, um, you remind me of the late, great Nipsey, just the way you move. Appreciate honestly, that. honestly, that's just major. the way you move, like honestly, just with the whole business aspect with your community stuff that's about to come out. But I don't even want to introduce you because I feel like I you can do it best. Yes. Please introduce yourself. All right, man. Thank you for having me here, uh, man. Some people call me Sam, Robert, Sammy, but uh, my name is Sam Walters. I am an entrepreneur. Um you know, like, I don't even want to call myself an entrepreneur because it's, it's just weird still processing it. I'm just a businessman, I guess, uh, with a lot of creative ideas and a lot of things that I want to accomplish and things that I plan on doing. So um, I just try to put my mind to to anything and put all these ideas that I have and put it on paper and then, yeah, make it actually happen in real life, bro. Okay, so dope, dope. <laughs> that's, that's who I am. Dope. So yeah. it's hard. I was when I was doing the, uh, research for this episode, like because you're not super on social media uh, like that. So I had to ask a few people, like, hey, what is he into this, that, and yeah, third? Yeah. So right now I got four properties. Yes. Sam's Juices is uh, in Scarborough Town Center. Yes, correct. The cleaning business. Yes. Am I missing anything? Um, I actually am like a silent investor. A lot of people actually know about me because I don't really tell it, but I've actually okay. invested in a few businesses. So I get like payout pretty much every month from a couple of businesses. Wow. Yeah. So I do it silently, but like cause a lot of the people, sorry, who have uh, done it with obviously don't really want that to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, which is rightfully so. And it's from a legal standpoint, but um, yeah. So kind of like a secret investor is what they call oh. it. Like a silent investor yeah, or something silent like investor. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent investor. Okay. So that's pretty much yeah how I get my bread. Okay, dope, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So let's take it back. I want to take it back to like where this started uh, and the mindset behind it. Like out of high school, what were you doing? Out of high school, I was actually already working because um, I actually got my first job when I was 14. Uh, my ex's dad got me a job at Wendy's, believe it or not. Yeah. And um, but since I was young, I always knew I had to work. Um, I was playing basketball. I went to Campion and I played basketball. And after that, that first year in grade 10, I'm like, OK, I'm not going to the pros. So I got to <laughs> yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like basketball is not the way for me. I'm not going to grow anymore. I was literally this height in high school. And I didn't I didn't grow anymore. So yeah. I started working and I said I wanted to find a way how I could um, literally get to make a hundred grand. You know, when you're back in the day, we always hear like, yo, if you make a hundred K, that's the when, when you're in high school, you started thinking about this. Yeah, when I was in high school, I'm like, yo, how can I make a hundred K? Because back then, obviously Jeez. cost of living was different, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. we always used to hear, yo, if you make a hundred grand, you're good, Yeah. right? It's not until I got old, I realized a hundred grand wasn't nothing, yeah. you know? But um, in high school, I'm like, okay, how do I make a hundred K? Um, I obviously knew I wasn't going to reach it, but I wanted to start making my way towards getting there. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I actually got a full-time job at the Zellers factory. So okay. I would leave school at 2.30 and then I would go work the 3 to 11 shift. And I did that every day for a year. Wow. And I was grade only, 11. Grade 11, fam. And I was only making like eight bucks an hour. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, okay, cool. This is not going to cut it. So I actually got a job at McDonald's too when I was in uh, grade 11 and started working there. And I was grinding McDonald's. So I would do like morning shifts on the weekend. Yeah. And then during the week, I would work at the Zellers factory, just throwing boxes on trailers literally Jeez. all day. Uh, and then I was like, yo, it's cool. So I was in grade 11 and I was making like $1,500 every two weeks. 
Wow. And I'm like, yo, I'm making somebody's full-time no. income. So yeah, I'm like, this yeah. is like and rough. Grade 11, you're popping with that type bro, of money. I was pop fam. I was like one of the first guys to have my own car. So yeah. I'm rolling up and I was like, yo, how you afford that? <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm working for this. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm like, okay, I saw the potential to be in grade 11 and make 40 grand a year. Yeah. I'm like, bro, then I can make a hundred grand a year. 100%. I just got to find other avenues and other ways to do it. So as I kept getting older, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, the age of uh, 18 hit, I got a job with the city of Brampton Okay, and I became a caretaker of the building. Wow. So I started cleaning toilets, uh, showers, sweeping, setting up parties. And then by that time, I was already two years in. One day I was actually setting up a, a party room for okay. one of the city officials. And she's like, yo, you'd be like super great working at a call center, like the city of Brampton call center answering yeah. calls. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what, for me, I'm always, I always like to transition. I always like to change. So I'm like, yeah. yo, let me go and let me just check it out. She gave me an interview. She's like, you're hired. So I literally left the rec center from cleaning and I started working for Brampton 311 answering calls. Okay. So I was dealing with property tax issues, bylaw. And mind you, I was like 19 years old, bro. And wow. I'm answering calls and I'm I'm looking through this stuff and I'm like, wow, like I'm literally taking And you're calls. understanding concepts and I'm from understanding them. concepts from then, bro. So I'm like, oh, cool, this is crazy. So I started dealing with property tax, started looking at the housing prices. So I'm like, bro, okay. I need to own a house, yeah. right? Because I'm just like, this is crazy, bro. If yeah. these people's houses are worth this much now, yeah. in my head, I'm like, yo, it's going to be worth a lot more when I'm older. Yeah. So I kept grinding, kept working, saving my cake. And then um, that was pretty much it, like literally right out of high school grinding. And then I got the opportunity when I was 21 to get a, a bus driving job because I'm like, yo, how do I get a house? I'm like, I'm not going to get a house only making this amount of money. So I ended up getting the transit job. I was blessed with that. Thank God. And um yeah, the rest was history after that, bro. Holy smokes. <laughs> the rest was history after that. So with these jobs, you didn't yeah. even think about college or university. No, college was never a thing for me, bro. It was never, never. a thing. I went to Humber for literally four months Yeah, because um, my mom wanted me to go. Yeah. And I always knew in the back of my mind that I didn't need to go to college to be successful yeah. because I saw like my cousins or other family members who had all these degrees and they were still working at Walmart, bro. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. that's just not the way, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? But as I said, I always kept it in the back of my head. Like, how do I make 100K? So I and knew I couldn't. Driving factor yeah, it was then. my driving factor. I'm like, I can't go to school and make 100k, bro. Yeah. There was just no way I could yeah. do that. Like, I needed my time. Yeah. Right. So time was very valuable to me, even when I was young. Yeah. So it was either leave school and go chill with my friends and do the most, or leave school and go throw boxes at a Zeller's factory. Wow. So for me, time was very valuable from a very young age, and I knew I, I needed to put my time in and put my work in to kind of accomplish those things, bro. So you sacrifice. I'm guessing you sacrifice a lot of your social life, like what, bro, we, no, what normal. <laughs> Uh, 18 year olds do yeah. and stuff like that. Yo, anyone that knows that knows me will tell you, bro. Like from like people were going out to, as I said, all age parties we were talking about earlier and just different things. I didn't go like I wanted to work. I was working every weekend. Um, I was started like washing dishes. Even like when I got the transit job, I was actually working at Turtle Jacks. Yeah, I was working at Turtle Jacks and I was washing dishes on the weekend. bro. Yeah. So when I would finish my transit job Monday to Friday, a Saturday, Sunday, I'm washing dishes at Turtle Jacks, bro, Jeez. just to make bread. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, I've kind of I've kind of been just just grinding, bro. Okay. And that's been my mind. Like, yo, put your time to use now so that later on I could be free. Did you ever have any retirement goals from early? Yeah, like I, I always knew like I didn't want to be working a lot. Like I saw my mom and dad grind so much. And yeah. I'm like, this can't be real life, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we didn't come from the best financial state, but they I felt like they were just grinding just to be back at the same point every month. Yeah. Like that's check what the system check. does. It was literally they were caught in the system. So I always told myself, you know what? By the time I'm 35, I want to retire from labor. Labor. So when okay. I tell people that they're like, oh, they always laugh at me. And I'm like, no, it's not a joke, bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I want to retire from physical labor I'm not say I'm not going to manage my businesses, but I'm not going to be sweeping anymore. I'm not yeah. going to be like lifting up boxes and doing things like that. Right. I'm going to retire at 35. And I always knew that when I was young. 
Wow. So I'm like, if I put the time in now, by the time I'm 35, I can just manage the things I have, right? Yeah. The things I'm invested into so that I can just be free, bro. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Dope. So let's talk about Sam's Juices. Mm-hmm. You are now in Scarborough Town Center? Yeah, Scarborough Town Center. Where did it start? Uh, I started in Los Angeles. Uh, really? Me and my homies. Yeah. Okay. Me and my homies, literally, um, shout out to Wolf, uh, McCasey and Charms. Those are my guys. Yeah. Uh, we were hiking the Hollywood sign one day and um, it was super, super, super hot outside. I'm like, yo, guys, we need something to drink. Yeah. So after hiking that, we literally went down to Beverly Hills. We drove over there and there was a Caribbean juice bar. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is insane. Like when you're coming from like a, a Jamaican household, like we make pine and ginger, yeah, carrot yeah, juice, yeah, yeah. all those good <laughs> yeah, juices. Yeah, yeah, you already yeah, know, yeah. like our family does that. So, bro, there was lineups for this pine and ginger juice. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like I can get the authentic yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I can get the, the good stuff. But in my head, as I said, I'm super creative. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I do this and make it my own? So literally, we all sat inside that store. And I'm like, okay, guys, when I get back to Toronto, I'm going to do my own Caribbean juice bar. Man, I'm laughing at me. Man, I'm like, yeah, whatever, bro. Because <laughs> you know what it is? I'm one of those guys that I always have ideas. Yeah. And I'll tell my guys, like, yo, like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. And some people laugh, but it's like, I already mapped really it out in my head. That. And yeah. I really believe that I can do, like, literally anything. Yeah. So I came home and then I looked at rent. And I'm like, in Toronto, they're charging, like, eight, ten grand. So I'm like, yeah. I can't open up a brick and mortar. Yeah. So I open up a food truck. Yeah. Right? So I actually, my first year, I actually rented a food truck for, like, 500 bucks a month. Wow. For the summer month, I yeah. rented that truck. That's not I, a lot, though. It's not a lot of money, bro. Okay. And literally, you could just, I researched how to get a food truck in Canada. So I wrote down yeah. on a paper how to get the truck. Next, What was, are those steps? Okay, so first, you pretty much, like, if you're going to rent it, yeah. what you're going to do is pretty much just, you can find different rental, like, food truck companies. Yeah. You rent it from them, but it's like you're, it's, it's being put in your name. So it's like you own that truck for that moment of time. Okay. So the owner of the truck will put the truck in your name. And then you have to go and get your plates and everything and get your sticker like you're getting an actual car. Okay. And then you get your insurance. Okay. Once you have that now, you can go to the city of Toronto and say, hey, this is my truck because it mm. kind of is. Yeah. And then you get your license, your permits, get an inspection. And then you're do you have the to road. do a different type of license or you have to. Yeah. You have to get like a truck license. Yeah. And then you also have to get a city license pretty much saying that like, OK, this truck was inspected by the city. OK. And then you get a plate like one of those little small plates. And it's pretty much like a food and concessions plate. OK. So now yeah. you can park up literally at different places and actually sell food from it. Yeah. So I did that process. I researched how to get it done, got my health inspection. And then I had to wrap the truck, obviously, with my logo yeah. and branding. And then once that was done, literally, bro, I probably only invested into that process about $4,000. That's so it. compared, to, that's it. Compared to the eight grand I was going to go spend a month yeah. to open, I'm like, this way I can be on, I can be on wheels. Yeah. I can be everywhere Reach. and I can reach anybody. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to do my first year. I'm not going to park up. I'm going to yeah. go to different food festivals. So this way I can go to where the people are at. Uh-huh. This way I don't got to worry about traffic. The traffic's already there. Yeah. Um, I also told myself I'm going to make my truck stand out. So I made my truck bright blue and put a bunch of fruits all over it. I remember that because Sarah was doing the videos at yes, the time. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I said, what can I do to make... Uh, things stand out because people are visual. Like, yeah. People will see things and they're like, yo, that's crazy. And people are literally coming up to my truck just because my truck looks sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and that's, that was the first win for me. It's like, okay, cool. People like my truck now. Let's make the product great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's how it started. I registered for 15 festivals my first year. 15? 15 festivals. Do you have to pay a fee? To yeah, those? there's a vendor fee. So depending on the festival, if it's a one day or two days. What's the averages? It can range anywhere from $300 to 2500 Okay. Yeah. So I didn't do a lot of the big festivals. So I didn't pay 2500 a lot. Yeah. I spent more on like the 700 range. Okay. So with all in all, with the festivals, I probably invested about 10 k for the whole summer. That's but the bad. reward is is greater. That's, yeah. Yeah, the reward reached. is greater. Sam Juices, Sam Juices, Sam yeah, Juices. Exactly. I'm going to, I was at Carabana, so think about this million oh, of people on, that was on. one of my biggest festivals <laughs> yeah. bro and we're in caravan and we're selling what the people like yeah so our pine and gingers our, our lemonades our smoothies right so if you think about it this way 
um, not to get off topic, if you invest, let's just say $2,500 for a one day caravana festival, but you're selling to 5,000 people. Oh, that's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. It's right. Well so that's it. how my mind is. Like, that's how I thought about it. So that's pretty much how the truck got started. Yeah. The first year was just all festivals. Jeez. So how long have you been have uh, the Sam Juices? Now? It's yeah. Since 2019. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. The idea was created in 2018, obviously by the trip. Yeah. And then I, I came home and then I pretty much executed it. And then in 2020, they invited me into Scarborough Town Center, but I wasn't ready for it. So okay. I actually told them no. Uh, in 2020? In 2020. Okay. I told them no. And it was a pandemic, so I was kind of scared yeah, about things Yeah, that's a good go. choice though. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm going to divert a little bit, but there was no food festival, so my truck was sitting. Yeah. Um. By this time now, I said, we're getting approached in 2021. They called me again. And I'm like, bro, this must be like God, like saying, yo, bro, just go try this. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody, somebody wants you in there. You know what I mean? So I said, yes, I accepted it. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll try it out. And like, here we are now pretty much in a mall. Okay. So literally in the space of three years, I, every year, I yeah, just elevated super the business, pro elevated and just tried things out and took a risk. How did they even find you for like, how did, who contacts you, the, the mall? Like how did that, how did that connection happen? Yeah. The mall has people who are pretty much literally like scouts, scouts mm-hmm. and they go and scout little businesses and stuff. But I'll tell you guys why I actually got into the mall. The George Floyd thing was going on. And George Floyd thing made people realize, like, okay, cool. We got to shed more light on black businesses yeah. and we got to do things for black businesses. So that was there was a wave where um, the mall kind of wanted to work with different black businesses. So I'm super grateful for them that they even looked at me as one of the black businesses they, uh, they wanted to be involved with. So that George Floyd thing, it literally pushed everything. Yeah. So the, right. There was literally loans going out. There was grants. OK, black business grants, black business loans, all these different things. So the mall saw that um, as an opportunity where they can help black businesses. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to me and say, hey, you're a black business. We see that you're doing great. We love your brand. Let's have a partnership. And I said, okay, cool. That's how the first initial one went down. And they reached back out to me again and said, hey, black businesses are still popping. (laughs) We want to try you again. So I said, you know what? Let's just do it, man. Let's just try it out. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. Like I'm like, if I don't try, I won't know. 100%. You know what I mean? So here we are now. How's it going right now? Like, uh, like Things are are great, bro. Things are great. And why they're great is because... Um, we are, we're literally bringing something that's different. It doesn't exist, mm-hmm. um, in that mall, especially in that community, especially in that, that community, that's perfect location, it's perfect, bro. You, everyone knows Scarborough <laughs> has beer Caribbeans, right? <laughs> and everybody knows they love patties and stuff. So for example, like I said, you know what? I like stuff patties, right? Yeah. It's something that I like. And I try to bring things to the brand it. that I actually like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. because for me, it's, if I don't like them, I don't want to yeah, sell yeah, it. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost fraudulent. It's, yeah, yeah. It's almost like fraudulent. Right. So we, I used to have stuffed patties back home, uh, when I used to live in Brampton, it was a okay. big thing. You know, you stuff the patty with like, Lettuce, cheese, yeah, and mayo. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I'll bring this, but with my own twist. Yeah. People love patties. So they're willing to maybe try something that, you know, like a stuffed patty. So I brought that. I love jerk chicken sandwiches. I tr- I brought that literally with wow. cocoa bread and jerk chicken. Oh. Um, we those have going. And those are those are booming, bro. <laughs> and then um, I like I love burrito bowls, but yeah. I'm like, instead of going Chipotle, I make my own chicken burrito bowl, but make it a jerk chicken burrito bowl. Jeez. So I, I I put that together, put the recipes out, I worked it out, it's a hit. Um, and then smoothies, bro. I love just smoothie because I came from back on my parents were juicing all the time, yeah. right? So I put different tropical flavors together that are that you would see in the Caribbean. I literally researched every Caribbean smoothie flavor you can think of and put different flavors and different combinations together. And me and my sister literally just tested them out. One day we were just testing. Smoothies. So it's a family business? Um, it's, I don't want to say it's a family business because we didn't start it together, but they were a part of the way every day. So it's okay. still a family business, if okay. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They're just not on paper. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, my sister and my mom literally worked out all these different flavors with me, bro. One day we were at my mom's house and we were just juicing different flavors. Yeah. Bro. It's crazy. Like, I can't even go out depth how um, deep it is Jeez. where we where we started from. So that, I brought all that in and yeah, we're in the store now and I brought all those ideas together and 
it's it's working. Are you facing any challenges right now with the? Yeah, definitely, definitely challenges because one challenge that I would say the most that people don't even realize before they go in business is like you got to see who your competitors are, right? Okay. So one of the challenges for me right now is that I'm in a mall with other beverage businesses, um, right? Um, so I got real fruit, I got yogurt fruits, mm. I got freshly squeezed, and I got the bubble tea. So oh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm and those are heavy hitters. Too. Those are heavy hitters that yeah. they're big franchise brands. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a small guy. Yeah. So I mean, the challenges is how do I not be like them, but still be like them and still compete and still compete. Right. So pricing is a big thing. Right. Like that's a big point that you have to stay on. I can't be too expensive. Yeah. Because people are like, why would I spend this when I could just go to real fruit? Right. Yeah. Um, aesthetics. Uh-huh. So providing something for them that they can maybe come in and like my, I have my selfie wall. Yeah. So that's like a big take a hit. photo. People take a photo yeah. and I'm like, Yo, Instagram is the way of life. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me create a, a, a selfie wall that people could just take pictures on. Yeah. So that became a hit. Now it's like a staple of our store. That's people just come cool. to my store yeah. just to take a selfie. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll come in. Like people will buy other food and be like, yo, can I take a picture in front of your wall? I'm like, I don't care. Do yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. love that because yeah. that's more exposure for me. That's free reach. Bro, from the day that I started my, we opened the store at 400 followers. Yeah. We are, we literally went from 400 followers to literally 1600 followers in the space of like two months and a half. Jeez. And that's just from people reposting our stuff all the time. Yeah. And that selfie wall is just like a staple. And that's reach. And that's reach. And that's natural, not forced. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that was one thing that I decided to do. And then also signage is very important. Yeah. So catching people's attention. There's still some people who don't know that we serve food because you see Sam's juices, oh, but there's nowhere true. there that says food. True. So it's like, if you're in the mall now, it's like, okay, I'm going to either go to a, this new juice place or go to what I know. Yeah. People love familiarity. Yeah. People like what they know. So they want to go to that. So instead of going to Sam's juice, I'll just go to real fruit juice because uh-huh. that's just where I know already. Yeah. Now yeah. you walk in, you smell the food and you're like, oh, you guys have food. Like, you know, there's hundreds of people who came into my store like, oh, I didn't know you sell food. Yeah. Which is my fault because I didn't market it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now we'll have sandwiches at the front of the store that shows that we have a jerk chicken sandwich. Uh, it shows that we have a burrito bowl. We have stuffed patties. Bro, literally the day I put up that one sign of patties, bro, we literally sold out that day. Jeez. But that shows me that people just want to see stuff. Like, yeah. they're very visual. Would you consider adding something to Sam Juice as the name? I thought of that. I thought about that. To be honest with you, I thought about that. Maybe my next location, I'll probably still put Sam's juices, but on the bottom, I'll put Caribbean drinks and eats. Yeah. So people know we have food because that has been a downfall of my business. I'll be honest. Okay. okay. Yeah. We've lost a lot of customers just because they walk by and they're like, mm, I don't feel for a juice, but they might feel for something small to yeah. eat and they don't know I have it. Yeah. And you have the, yeah. the flavors. And I have the flavors, bro. <laughs> so that was one thing I've definitely learned that yeah. I might have to transition into maybe like incorporating something in the name or the sign. Okay. For sure. Dope, dope. So I want to talk about a little bit about the mindset. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you want you wanted to make 100K early. Yeah. That's yeah. not normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's not normal. <laughs> but I want to talk about like the mindset and how you overcome like certain fears that you may have. And what yeah. are they? Man. Wow. How do I overcome it? Uh, for me, it's funny because how I overcome fear is actually just going into it. Yeah. Right. Um, what are the, some of those fears that you may have sometimes? Well, some of the fears I have is that like I might fail. Mm-hmm. So something I try, I might fail. Believe it or not, like Sam's Juices is not like obviously my, my first business. I've actually tried other businesses that I've literally gone and registered the name and different things, but I just knew they weren't going to work. Yeah. But I'm happy that I did that because once I started it and got into it, I realized what's going to work. Uh-huh. I didn't promote them or ever like tell people about them, but I actually tried it. Yeah. So going into that fair so just, of just starting it. Just and just starting it so that was one thing i overcome then and also my business not like lasting it's still a fear to me now like can my business last 25 years yeah so i literally i'm not gonna lie to you every day i I will be driving and i'm like yo i wonder if my business is gonna be around in like 2025 (laughs) you know because it's just a a fear and i I can't control that but how i try to combat that is like 
creating new ideas and things and writing them on paper like okay cool i'll introduce this next year okay or i'll introduce this you know what i mean like tomorrow so you're always forward thinking i'm always forward thinking despite having the fear and never getting comfortable i don't get comfortable bro like for me right now my business is not good yeah i don't think my business is a good business to yeah. be honest with you bro like i literally <laughs> and it's not to be negative yeah i but, get what you mean to be yeah. honest, i'm the same way <laughs> yeah i don't think it's good because i just feel like I'm not where obviously the Chick Fil A's are, or the and you're not where that what what this is telling you where you're supposed to be. Exactly where I'm supposed to be. So I'm super hard on myself, mm-hmm. and I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be great, bro. You know what I mean? So for me, if I don't see certain things happening, I'm so okay. My business is not good. Yeah, you know what I mean. And as I said, it's not to be negative. It's just a it keeps me going, bro. It keeps pushing me and propelling me to a, a next level. hundred oh, yeah. percent. Are you reading any books or have you read any books that have changed your perception on anything? Yeah, bro. Actually, right now I'm actually um, reading a book called uh, Buy Them Built. What is it about? What is it's about? about buying businesses as okay. an entrepreneur and actually not buying and not actually starting up. A you business. know what? Me and my boy, Douglas, like shout yeah. out to Douglas. Like that's his thing. Like, yeah. the, like that's what he's into. Like, yeah. You know, like the art of buying businesses. Yeah. And from the information that I got from him, I didn't even know this is like a thing. It's a thing, bro. And it's, it's a thing for entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I'm halfway through that that book and I'll never start another business ever again. Really? I'll never start another business in my life, bro. Really? I will make enough money to buy businesses that are either failing or the owners want to retire. And then you just add your own creativity. And add my take, own creativity. Because there's a lot of small businesses now that are actually profiting yeah. that the owners don't want to operate it anymore. Okay. Right? And you can buy that business for less than 100K. I can go in and just find a way how to scale up and how to make the business better. Yeah. Like literally as my mind has changed over the last month of reading this book. Jeez. And I think if I actually read this book, would I have started Sam Juice's probably not. I'll be honest with you. As much as I'm a creative, as much as I'm a creative person, I feel like I can inject my creativity into other businesses that are that are booming right now, make them boom even more. And they did all the legwork. And they did all the legwork. So this book actually lays out literally like the groundwork and is saying like pretty much these businesses that have been around for 10, 20 years, they've done what you're trying to do now as a startup business. Yeah. So all these things that I'm doing now, Sam's juices, the marketing, the the pictures, the everything, the social media, they've done all that already. Yeah. So I can come now and buy this business from these people that don't want it anymore. And now insert and inject my things into it and my ways to make this business grow even more yeah yeah, so right now a lot of people don't know this business that are generating right now a million dollars a million dollars in gross revenue that you can purchase for a hundred grand a year what yeah but a lot of people don't do that research and actually know yeah so in my mind it's just like okay cool if i can save this save that at 100k i can go right now and probably purchase a business right now that grosses a million dollars bro mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. so it's this book has literally changed my mind bro say like, i'm picking that up asap yeah say yeah yeah asap. no it's 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 really made my mind think differently and um yeah it's it's crazy and i'm also reading um what's it called uh the richest man in babylon Yo, my boy just <laughs> told me he finished yeah. that and he said that's one of his favorite books Bro, that he ever read. It's, it's, it's been crazy because now it makes you look at money differently. It okay. makes you look at, at yourself differently and how you think about money, uh-huh. right? So that's kind of where I'm geared towards now was changing my whole mindset on money. Okay. Right? So before, okay. yeah, I just wanted to make 100 grand, but what are you doing with that 100 yeah, yeah, grand? Yeah, yeah, Right? I was, that was just the first step, making the 100K. Yeah. What am I going to do with that after the fact? Jeez. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. dope. <laughs> All right, yeah. so let's get into the cleaning business. Mm-hmm. How long have you had it? Where is it at now? Yeah. Where do you plan to go with it? Man, the cleaning business, a lot of people don't even know I have it because it's one of my low-key businesses, but it's been my long-lasting business. I've had it since I was 24. Okay. The reason I started the cleaning business is because I I found it to be an outlet to get ahead a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. My parents, they were in the cleaning business for a long time. They juggled it while they worked their full-time. And I used to go and clean with them. And I'm just like, yo, I love this. This is dope. I'm a finished product guy. So it's like, I love going through the process. And when it's done, I can look at it and be like, yo, this shit's clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse my language, sorry. Um, So 
I got into that because I just wanted a way to make extra cake. And when I got into it, I didn't realize how lucrative this business was. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I would do is I would work my bus, my bus job and then I would be done around five and then I would go clean offices after I was done. But how I got into it, I was literally printing off flyers and cards and I would go knock on businesses wow. and say, hey, my name is Sam. I have a cleaning business. Would you um, love to have your place clean? And if you didn't love to have it clean, like, can I just give you a quote? Uh, some people would let me quote to see if they'd get a better quote and some people just wouldn't. Yeah. But uh, I got into that, started doing offices, um, started making a lot of connections and making a name for myself. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it just started exploding. And Jeez. like, I didn't mean for it to explode. It was genuinely supposed to be a side hustle. Yeah. And then it started exploding because I just started putting work in yeah. and I was actually doing good quality work. So I had the opportunity to start hiring employees. Uh-huh. Now I can step away for a little bit and send employees now to these different contracts. Yeah. And I was able to maneuver at the last two years of the business. It's like, okay, cool. How do I find a certain contract where I can put somebody in and I don't have to be there? And now I can still make money. So now that freed up my time now to be working at transit still, but now my contracts are getting done for me. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been very challenging. Um, I would say with the pandemic, Okay. but um, I had to, you know, obviously lose some contracts, but I was able to find a way how to maneuver pretty much through that pandemic. How? It's going to sound crazy. And people, <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. So in 2020, um, when the pandemic got to its prime, I literally pretty much lost all my contracts. Right. I so I lost them because they kind of went on hold and say, hey, we don't need cleaning. Yeah. A lot of the offices say we're not going to we don't need you anymore because we just can't afford it. Or a lot of them said, OK, we're just going to pause the cleaning services. So, bro, as I said to you from the start, when I was younger, I'm a workaholic, bro. Yeah. What I did was I actually got a job as a garbage man. In 2020, and nobody knows this is the first time anyone's gonna actually hear this. Yo. I got a job as a garbage man in Orangeville and I was working for GFL, a great company. So you you got a job in 2020 as a garbage man. Yeah. You have your properties, yeah. you have Sam's juices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still got a job I as a garbage man. I still got a job man. because bro, the, at the time, um, in 2020, I was I was um I pretty much left transit. So I, I quit transit in 2020 because I wanted to pursue obviously Sam's juices and expand it, but nothing was happening in 2020. Yeah. So I said, you know what, bro? I don't want to be driving a bus anymore as much as I love it. Yeah. Um, cleaning business is not popping. This is the time to just take a chance and just go all in on myself. Yeah. But I'm like, I still need money to operate. Yeah. So with all the cleaning contracts on hold, I was looking for jobs, bro. I was looking for jobs. And like a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to tell you this, but yeah. there's some times where there's rough patches where you no, need to go 100%. work, bro. Uh, yeah, 100%. You got to go work. Like yeah. there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I've you got to make money. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, cool. I don't want to do do Uber. I don't feel like driving people around. What can I do? So I went and I looked on jobs. I have a lot of experience. Yeah. I have my, my, my license from the bus. So I'm like, how do I leverage my license with driving a big vehicle? Cause I have a CZ license. Yeah. 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 So I said, okay, cool. I'm either going to go apply to go work at transit again, or I'm going to go ask for my job back. But I had too much pride to go ask for my <laughs> job back after quitting a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go work for, uh, uh, I'll just do garbage. Yeah. They were hiring crazy amounts of garbage because people were home more. Yeah. So they needed a lot of garbage people. So I saw that GFL was hiring. I applied right away and they called me back. And they're like, yo, we, we love your resume. Come in, do an interview. I did an interview, bro. I got the job literally in two weeks. I was literally doing garbage for four weeks. Jeez. Literally four weeks just throwing garbage out. And it was in like, literally, it was starting to get cold. It was like October and I'm yeah. doing garbage outside. And then in the midst of doing garbage, I'm like, you know what? This job pays me a thousand bucks a week. How do I leverage this money to get back going with my clean business? So I said, you know what? Okay, it pays me a thousand bucks a week. If I do this for six weeks, I'll make 6K, yeah. right? So after taxes, you're left with a thousand bucks and they pay you weekly. Yeah. So I, bro, one day I was just sitting at home. I'm like, what can I pivot in my cleaning business and use this money for? We are in the height of the pandemic, right? So I'm like, you know what? People need sanitizer machines, like the automatic sanitizer uh. machines. So I looked online to say, how can I get these sanitizer machines? Because everybody, this is what everybody was using sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's squirting the bottles. Yeah. People are addicted to it. So I said, how do I pivot in my business? I went on this website 
and I went and I bought uh, a sanitizer unit. And these guys sold me the unit for with taxes and everything in a hundred bucks because mm-hmm. I needed it for one of my contracts. Yeah. So I bought the unit for a hundred bucks and then I installed it. When I installed it, I put my cleaning sticker on it. So I went and printed all these stickers with my business on it yeah. and my number. So I put oh. my sticker on it just to show I installed it. And if anybody came in the place, they would see it and call me. Bruh, I got like 50 calls. Like, Jeez. hey, I went into this place. I saw your sanitizer unit. Mind you, it's not mine. Yeah. It's just a it's just a blank white sanitizer unit, but I put my sticker on it. So it uh, looks like it's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I need this unit. I had 50 calls. I'm like, yo, I don't have any. How am I going to get this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and I researched and I found a supplier out in China. They were selling sanitizer units for 70 bucks. Alibaba links? They're probably similar to Alibaba, but they were strictly just for cleaning supplies. Okay. I went and I ordered, um, I went and I put in an order for 10 just to see what the quality is like. It came quick, came in like five days. I'm like, these are crazy. Okay. So I went and looked online and Googled how much people are charging to install sanitizer units. And you know how to install them. Yeah, because it's just two screws. You have a drill and you install it. So I looked online, I'm like, damn, these people are charging like 125. I'm getting these units for 70 bucks. This yeah. is a lick. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lick. This is quick. So, bro, I went and I installed 10 units for some of these 50 people. So realistically, in one day, bro, I made literally like $1,200 in one day. Jeez. One day, bro. Just That's capitalizing. Yeah, just in one day. So I said, okay, cool. I'm like, let me work at this gar- garbage job for two more weeks. Yeah. And I'm going to come up with 6K. So I took everything I made. I didn't pay no bills, bro, for like six weeks. Right. I didn't pay no bills. I'm going to take all my money and I'm going to order units. Yeah. So I ordered 150 units. I put about $7,000 in. (laughs) I ordered 150 units and I upped my price because now we're in the height of the pandemic. This is a need. Yeah. I installed all those 150 units in the space of three weeks, bro. I made $20,000 in three weeks. And then I quit the garbage job. (laughs) (laughs) I quit the garbage job, man. Because I'm like, bro, this is crazy. So I quit the garbage job after making that 20K and then paid my bills. Yeah, yeah. Obviously paid what I had to do, rent mortgage or whatever. And then, bro, I was back to investing back into this cleaning thing. So I used some of that 20K and I bought sanitizer, sprayer machines, foggers, where they they used foggers to disinfect. Started getting deeper and started loving my business again because now I could put work into it. So now I went, bro, and I literally started going to businesses and started doing door knocking again. Mind you, this is in 2020, 2021. Started going back to the drawing board, started door knocking and say, hey, we sanitize uh, places for the lows, like I was just charging a, a just a simple price, yeah. right? So everybody wanted their place sanitized because everybody was so afraid they didn't want to touch nothing. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I wasn't trying to take advantage of people, but this was an opportunity to capitalize for my business. 100%. So I started going now, and I started just leaving my cards, and I started spraying places, started disinfecting, and everyone was giving them my number, like, "Yeah, this guy Sam I knows, he disinfects, he has a cleaning Jeez. business." So I was getting calls, bro, to literally disinfect like the entrances of Tim Hortons. Wow. Like Tim Hortons was calling me saying, "Yeah, we just need you to spray the entranceway." I had churches calling me saying, I need you just to spray seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally in the space of quitting the job and literally I would say two months after, I probably made close to a hundred grand in like two to three months. Oh, yeah, that's off of just that's off of just investing seven k, and that's off of having enough. Uh, I believe this is the right word, humility to yeah. go and be a garbage man and be a garbage man, bro. And I was literally, and I didn't tell nobody, not even my homies knew I was doing garbage. <laughs> bro. You were the first person I told. Wow. Like the shorty at the time I was talking to, she knew because, like, you know what I mean. I just called somebody, be like, "Yo, it's cold. This garbage yeah. stinks." Yeah, but um, yeah, bro, I was doing garbage, and not a lot of people know, bro. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, amazing. but you have to you have to pivot, bro. Like in a time like this, out to anybody. If I lost it all right now, I'll go back and work. I don't yeah. care because yeah. I would work and then find a way to get back yeah. to being my being self employed again. Yeah, because you have to do those things. You can't just sit around and expect things to just yeah one day it'll work out again. Nah, bro, you got to get back to it, bro. Right. Wow. So 
I was able to invest that money and get back to making a lot of money to yeah. put back into now, whether it be buying a business. Yeah. And I use majority of that money now to help me renovate Sam's Juice's store. Hell so yeah. all I kept doing was just leveraging the money I made yeah. and kept putting it back in and not wasting it on yeah. things and um, getting me to where I am now, bro. Jeez. Yeah, so, so you learn from like an early age or a young age is that how to control your ego. Yeah, my ego, bro. I drove the, like the worst cars forever. Cause for yeah. me, like, I, I I I feel like I can all I could always bought the newest bands. Yeah. I could always bought the newest things, but for me it just it wasn't a thing, bro. Mm-hmm. And I realized all those things will come later on. Yeah. So uh, it's like delayed gratification. I'm sure you've heard that yeah, term before, right? And I've heard that since I was young. I've had mentors before me tell me, "Yo, work now, and then later on when you're in your late thirties, you can enjoy all the fun stuff, right? Yeah. So like not going to parties." not going out, um, not going into relationships because uh, I don't have the time for that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. So I've had to risk a lot of relationship with a lot of great women, yeah. but it was time to work, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, I learned how to just put the ego aside and just just work and then enjoy all those things later on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Amazing. So that's the cleaning business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fam. It's, cleaning business is another monster, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I want to talk about the nine to five. You just quit how long ago? I just quit October, I would say... Right before, well, I actually took a leave before October 2020. Okay. So I can call it quitting around like the summer of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So very recent. What was the importance of the nine to five um, when you were doing it? And what was the mindset to quit? Yeah. Uh, I would say the importance is, is because like when it comes to to being self-employed, it's very hard to to get a job. Mm-hmm. I started to get a loan. Sorry. Right. When I say a loan is to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, they look at you. They want like statements. They want all these different things. So it, it's going to take time to build up that that um, that reputation with your business and show that you're making a certain amount when I can go to the bank. and be like, Hey, I need a mortgage for this. Um, I've always loved real estate, but I'm like, for me to get real estate, I need an actual job. Yeah. So I feel like I more so <laughs> kept my full time so that I can invest. Like um, I bought my first house at the age of 21, as I told you. Oh, wow. And that's from just my transit job. Yeah. So I worked that and I knew, okay, cool. As long as I have solid money on paper, yeah. uh, the banks will approve me and yeah. I can invest into real estate and then use that money to keep investing and stuff. But I also knew I can leverage that full-time job to start my businesses and to invest into the things that I want to do to, to later on become self-employed. Okay. So that was my main thing when it came to, dr- to, to, to driving. But I got to a certain point where it's like, I was driving the bus, I was loving it. But I realized this wasn't for me. It's not it. And I was starting, everybody, everything has an ex- expiration date. Like mm-hmm. everything, no matter what. You start to feel it in your mind, in your body. Like, yo, like, I can't I need do change. this anymore. Yeah. I need change. So as I started knowing that, it was a year, I would say a year before I actually quit. Yeah. So I started preparing myself. I started saving money, started mm-hmm. clearing off some of my bills and my debts and saying, okay, cool. If I'm going to quit, I can't have any any bills, any debts, right? Okay. I got to make sure I'm good. So I just prepared myself mentally for yeah. a year and said, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. And then by that time came, I was, I was ready to go, bro. Okay. Yeah. Shit. And it was the worst time because it was COVID. Everybody's looking at me crazy. Like, how are you quitting in the middle of COVID? You have such yeah. a secure job. Yeah. But there's nothing. I don't believe in secure. I don't yeah. believe in security. There's nothing like security doesn't exist. Yeah. Because right now, you could be working a job and a company comes and buys it and they're saying, we don't need you no more. Yeah. Now what? Where's your security? Yeah. Right. So it's like, I feel like I need to create that security for myself. And the only way to do that was for me was to be self-employed. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> a lot. Um, <laughs> we didn't even touch the uh, a part of the, the real estate yet because yeah. now you have four properties mm-hmm. and you got your first one at 21 like 21. you were just seeing. Yeah. What was the strategy towards that and how do you end up at four? Yeah. Ah, man. How do do I end up there? I would say the strategy with that was just creating uh, freedom. As I tell like for me, like 
I have a, this big board where actually a freedom is written on it. Okay. Right. So for me, I always looked at real estate as a way to kind of just get out yeah. and to have freedom for later on in life. Okay. Right. So buying that first property for me was just like, oh, obviously it was an accomplishment, but I knew I was going to be able to take money from that yeah. and create more things and more opportunities for myself. So that process was it was very different back then. Back then, the bank only wanted 5% down and real yeah. estate was actually cheaper. Yeah. So my first property I bought was it? For, it was in Innisville. Oh, okay. So that's close that's to Barry. Yeah, so that's when I so bought deep. that property, one of my friends, he was already buying out there too. So thankfully I had a friend who was on the same wavelength as yeah. me. And I saw that and I said, okay, cool. I'm going to go and do the same thing. So I bought the property for 200 grand at the time. Oh. Mind you, so cheap. Yeah, bro. yeah. <laughs> and they only wanted 5% down. So yeah. it was like 13K at the time oh, if my yeah, math is right. Light. It wasn't much. But because I was working, yeah. I was able to do that. And my mom, I think my mom helped me a little bit with the closing costs and yeah. stuff like that. But I was able to fully get in and fully invest. And um, from there I said, okay, cool. I can use this money you know, take out a second mortgage or whatever and buy a second property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the opportunity to invest with somebody mm-hmm. uh, for my second property. And then the rest was history from there. I just bought a couple other pre-constructions and then I actually flipped them back yeah. and I just kept investing. But I'm like, you know, I want to have properties that I can actually hold on to for the future. So I did that, took the money that I invested in and just bought other pre-constructions. Okay. Yeah. So, so now we're at four. Yeah, total. And then that's it. <laughs> uh, you're not doing anymore? Um, for me, to be honest with you, and I, I don't want to knock anybody, and I, I know there's probably people that love real estate. Yeah, real estate still comes with burdens. You like these properties that you own, like you still have to have mortgage, mm-hmm. right? So True. at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, yes, I can have tenants in them, but this debt's on me. Yeah, I don't want to owe nobody nothing. Yeah, bro. yeah, I, true, I, true. What I say, freedom, freedom for me, I look at it differently. It's no debt, and it's money in the bank. Okay, right. So I just don't feel like I could move freely having a bunch of mortgages and having things that I owe to people. Yeah, right. So as I said, everybody's different. Some people will disagree with me. They're okay with having mortgages and then just leveraging them which is cool Mm -hmm. but for me in my life i don't want too much real estate because i don't want to have too much debt okay that makes sense yeah but there are people like i hear like uh grant cardone and stuff they they found ways to like leverage debt yes yeah you're just not into that i'm just not into that bro because for me like thank god for my mom she was always like sam like you're working hard keep your money and don't have to give it to nobody Mm -hmm. and that's stuck in my head right so i look at it this way right you look at it, if you make 100K a year, right? After taxes, you're left with maybe 65, Yeah. right? So now if you have your rent mortgage in Toronto, it's 2,500, mm-hmm. right? So now you're saying 6,500 for the month. You're only left with four for the month. If you have debts and you have all these other things, bro, you're not left with much to live yeah, with. Facts. And I've always a person that I just wanted to live freely, yeah. do what I want, when whenever, I want. Whenever, whenever yeah, I want. so I don't want to have debt. Yeah. I want to make that 100K, but only have to maybe just pay rent and that's it and be left with maybe like, you know, yeah. four grand to actually play with and yeah. not give to somebody. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's how the mindset I've had and I've been in debt before and it's not a great feeling, bro. It's not yeah. a great feeling to, to have to work and then know that at the end it's of the paycheck comes, debt. it's going to something. Yeah. So I said, how do I try to you know, become, you know, debt free eventually and not have anything and just enjoy my money. Cause that's okay. just, I feel like when you're the freest, when you're not tied down to anything. True. So I think mortgage will probably eventually just be my only debt. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually work to pay it off and have nothing at all. Yeah. Right. So it will take time. I'm not saying something's going to happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. but it will take time. And that's kind of just how I, I want to live. That's your strategy. That's my strategy. Yeah, okay. Cause it's not for everybody, bro. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, no, which I, is cool. I, I dig that. I dig that yeah. for real. So the community work, you do mm-hmm. a lot of community work yeah. and I've been here for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, just explain to us like what you're into. Man, I, I, I just love doing things uh, for people uh, and the community. Uh, my parents were very big on community stuff. Mm-hmm. When we grew up, we, I remember we used to have to go buy rice and like chicken to go drop off to the shelters. My parents made it very adamant that like, you know, Christmas time, we're going to serve, gift. we're going to give. Uh, or my dad would always buy extra rice. I used to ask my dad, like, Yo, I have extra food here. Yeah. He's like, Sam, you never know. Somebody might need it. 
He's like, somebody might need rice. They might need bread. Yeah. He's like, always buy extras just in case. So that's been instilled in my head for a long time. Mm-hmm. And community has been very important charity. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing an Alzheimer's foundation, yeah. which I started four years ago. And my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's five years ago. Mm, wow. Um, so that's the reason. Sorry, four years ago. So that's the same timeline. I started it right after. And I said, you know what? My dad is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. His memory's going, but how do I give back in that community, especially now because it's close to home? Yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to start a gala, a fundraiser gala yeah. in the community to bring awareness to the black people and other people who have Alzheimer's because it's not talked about a lot. Yeah, no, it's and not. Alzheimer's is very detrimental. Yeah. Like you're, when I mean your memory's gone like this, yeah. it's gone. And you're dealing with it. And I'm dealing with it. Yeah. I literally woke up one morning and my dad didn't remember my name. So that's that's how deep it is. Right. Yeah. So for me, him being a community man, it's like carrying on that legacy yeah, yeah, of yeah. doing that. Right. So I said, I'll start this fundraiser gala, raise money for them you know, donate to them and, you know, help to their cause and the things that they're doing. So I volunteer at the Alzheimer's Actual Society and I okay. serve lunch to the wow, to the amazing. Alzheimer's patients Am- there. Amazing. I serve lunch. I play games with them. We do music together. Yeah. So that's very big in that community appeal for me because it's like it's it's so touching to me. Yeah. Right. So other things that I've decided to do with that now, I'm like, you know, how about I expand on that? Like uh, two winters ago, we started an initiative where we got a bunch of groceries together. And we went downtown mm-hmm. and we had a group of people and we handed out like little care packages. Yeah. We handed out breakfast. Mm-hmm. all those things and, I, and I, for me that's just it's just big because this is what i've been grown on and that's so, what life is about yeah. serving right that's it's serving what i believe in. it's serving and i'm staying true to me yeah and i'm staying true to what my what my parents raised me up on right and now obviously we have the black legacy that you're a yeah. part of yeah. and this community initiative is just to shed light on our, our black men mm-hmm. because i feel like our black men need to be a, a, a real figure for a lot of the black youth that are growing up because you can see bro it's crazy out here these streets are hot and these black kids don't know nothing else but shooting yeah right and doing other things so for that my main goal with that is to start a mentorship camp which is going to start next year Mm -hmm. and i want to mentor young black kids in our community and i want to just teach them the basics because remember i was young and i wanted to make 100k there's a lot of other young men and women that that want to do 100k but they're going to do it like illegally yeah so whether it be chopping or whether yeah. it be doing fraud and all those other yeah, things that's what i that's what yeah. i did for a minute yeah that's what i'm honest. saying right <laughs> so and i had friends who were in that community but i'm like it's just it's not the way so now if i can There's get these ceiling. these youth from young and like teach them about credit teach them about you know what i mean like how to obviously leverage certain things yeah what an incorporation is uh yeah. a sole proprietorship yeah. all these different things from young it's kind of going to be instilled in them mm-hmm. right so all those ideas that they have from young yeah you want to be this you want to be that but you don't have to do anything illegal you get to that you mm-hmm. can actually start a business from when you're so young yeah right now i know little like young girls who are like 19 who are starting businesses yeah. and they're black yeah right Amazing. so there's there's the creativity is there people want to do it but it's just us the direction like the direction mm-hmm. and guidance so for me with the community it's something that i'm, I'm really gonna just really focus on for the next five years wow amazing yeah. bro amazing what type of legacy do you want to leave when it's all said and done Man, the legacy I want to leave is just that, you know, Sam was a, a community man. He was a person that shared information. Um, he never really had much of an ego. Yeah. He wanted to help Definitely others. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to help others. He wanted to just give back. You know what I mean? And I, I, for me, like my purpose on this earth is just to impact others, bro. And I, and I and I knew that from a young age. Yeah. But I knew I had to do these certain things to inspire other people so that they could see it. I have people every day that come to me like, yo, Sam, you inspire me, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, people come into my store and be like, yo, I've been watching your journey for so long yeah. and I'm about to start my own store yeah. or, you know what I mean? I, I want you to mentor me and that's what I'm doing it for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I'm going so hard and I want that to be my legacy that I just, I left an impact on people okay. and that's just it, bro. And that ultimately came from your parents. Too. Yeah, that came from my parents. It, I honestly blame my parents for my success. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but they instilled little, little things yeah. As I was going, I look back now for my mom telling me, hey, work hard and keep your money. Right. Yeah. For my dad just showing me what it is to work 
two jobs, have a side business, have all these little things that, you know, that, that my parents kind of just, I got to see them doing. Yeah. It stuck with me subconsciously. And that's why I am the way I am today, you know? And that just uh, makes me think like how important your environment is. Yes. You know, because you grew up seeing uh, the great examples of hard work and even uh, entrepreneurship yes. with uh, side businesses. Mm-hmm. And now look how you're living yeah. your life. I know. It's I crazy. Environment is everything. Yeah. My dad was low-key an entrepreneur and he just might have never known it. Yeah. Right. Like, but that's kind of like he kind of gave off those entrepreneur vibes. I think that just stuck with me from Jeez. a young age. Yeah. Jeez. So. All right. So this is a question that I ask everybody on the yeah. show. I want to know what's the best advice that you've ever gotten and what's the worst advice. And you don't have to say any names. Oh, man. <laughs> um, the wor- Can I start with the worst yeah, advice? Yeah, for sure. The worst advice I've ever had is don't settle down with one girl, have plenty. Don't settle down, have plenty. Don't settle down with one girl, have plenty. Why was that the worst advice? Uh, to, uh, because to the worst advice it had is because I don't believe it, it. that advice is for everybody. And why that's the worst advice for me is because I feel like when you're in this entrepreneurship life, when you're in this business life, and especially when you're young and up and coming, like having a lot of like women around mm-hmm. is a, it's a distraction. It is. A it's distraction. a very big distraction. And I'm not, I'm not, as I said, I'm not knocking my, my galluses out there and stuff, <laughs> but when you're actually trying to get somewhere, bro, you yeah. cannot have distractions. Yeah. You're better off having one good woman yeah. to literally, literally just like build with you yeah. and someone who you can come to because in this entrepreneurship life, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different like ups and downs and you can't go to plenty women with that information. Okay. You're better off having one solid girl one solid woman that you can kind of lean on and you guys can build with. And obviously like I'm not innocent, but I, I, I went through that where yeah. I was distracted by different things. Me too, right? to be honest. Yeah. And I was pulled different ways because I was trying to give my energy to different women. Yeah. Right. And it, it ended up costing me. Yeah. Right. So that was, I would say some of the worst advice that I actually took and listened to, because I mean, when you're young too, bro, like, you know what I mean? You, you want to have fun, right? Yeah. You want to have things, but you got to realize that's not for everybody. Yeah. And I, and I realized that early that that's not for me. Right. Because it's just like if I need to be zoned in and I want to have businesses and I want to do all these things, I can't be giving all my energy and time away because what do I have left for myself? Interesting. So it's like I rather put that energy and time into just one solid person mm-hmm. and then build from there. OK. You know what I mean? Because I'm not stretching myself so thin. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I so that it. was that was that was the worst advice I ever took, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny how you say that, because like for me personally, yeah. I did the girl, 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 girl thing. And I, I like I wouldn't like for me in my life, I wouldn't say like that was bad. I, I, I think I needed it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah. I needed it. I needed to get it on my system. Yes, yes, so yes. I can value different types of relationships. I now. got you on that. You yeah, I feel saying? like I got it out of the system, but then when I was in the process, when I realized this is not it. True. Be- yeah, true. because I, I, for you. Exactly. I was getting it out, but then I realized I was I was still stretched so thin because yeah. you're trying to make all these plans, all these dates, all these <laughs> things, and it's just like, damn. And then some of these women aren't really the greatest for you. No, right. So that's what I was experiencing. And the ones who actually were good for me, yeah. I wasn't investing in my time into them or I was mm-hmm. I was losing out on them because mm-hmm. I was elsewhere, right? So yeah, you live and you learn, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's lessons always, lessons. One more question, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like the worst advice and stuff like that. So what are the qualities of a good woman for you and your lifestyle? Um, I know this might sound weird, yeah, but I don't need a girl who's an entrepreneur. Okay. Like, I don't care for you to be doing those things. My biggest thing for me when it comes to women is just that you just need to have your own path. Okay. Whether that be in your nine to five, I, I just need somebody who's always trying to excel. 
That's the thing. I think sometimes people are like, oh yeah, you should, you need to talk to an entrepreneur girl, but I don't feel like I need to. You know, I'm the exact same way. I don't yeah. feel like it's uh, the entrepreneur thing. I yeah. I feel it's a purpose thing. Yes. You it's a purpose. Have a purpose in what you're doing. Like you can work a nine to five and want to level up. You want to be the supervisor. Next, you want to be the CEO. Yeah. Then you want to work up and be the CFO or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a purpose in what you're doing and, and want to elevate every time. Cause I'm like that. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like if I'm around a, a person and a, sorry, a woman who wants to elevate, yeah. we could just bounce off each other. Exactly. It's like I can motivate her and she can motivate me and we're just both trying. And you're, you're learning different and industries. You're learning. Yeah, you're learning. So I think the qualities for me is just that and just someone who's solid in, in, in knowing themselves and being authentic to who they are, mm-hmm. right? And family culture is very big. Yeah, 100%. You need somebody who's very big with that, especially in this type of industry. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay, dope. And best advice? Best advice I ever got was don't listen to nobody. Don't listen to nobody. Yeah. Okay. Like, literally, and I know it sounds simple, but my, <laughs> like my mentor that I have now, that's the advice he tells me. I even to this day, don't listen to anybody because, yeah. yo, we have so much negative energy on the outside of yo, us. we do. Yeah, you can go to someone and say, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Be like, yo, why do you want to try that? There's 10,000 podcasts. So, that's horrible. Yeah, that's like, horrible. Like, yo, I want someone who's literally going to tell me, bro, like, yes, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. But even when I was starting my juice journey, people told me, oh, you can't do that because there's so much other juice businesses or there's a real fruit. How are you going to, you know, compete with them? Mm-hmm. When I started my cleaning business, people are like, oh, you don't want to get into the cleaning yeah. industry. Everybody has that. It's it's so saturated, right? So it's like traffic is. That's what I believe. Facts, right? So it's like don't listen to anybody. That is probably the best advice I could tell you. Obviously, in in certain it's context, obviously. But when it comes to like your dreams and the things that you believe in and you want to do, don't listen to anybody. You have to stay focused, man. You have to, right? I can refer back to the Kanye documentary, right? <laughs> when people, people weren't, nobody was even they giving didn't him no be- Even when he got signed, they yeah, didn't believe in it. But he didn't listen to anybody. He kept just going for his dreams, going for what he believed in. And that's literally how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't listen to anybody when it comes to what I want to accomplish. Dope. Yeah, Dope. man. Man, that's amazing. That's a packed <laughs> interview. Shoot. Yes, sir. Shoot. <laughs> Just um, let everybody know how they can contact you yes. and for what reasons or like, because obviously you have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I would say for any of my uh, community uh, initiatives, I would say uh, Black Legacy Now TO is the page that I'm going to start Instagram. Um, pushing my things on. That's my Instagram. We'll be creating a Facebook for that. Uh, when it comes to my juices, we do like catering and stuff. So you can hit me up on Sam's Juices on Instagram and Facebook. And for any cleaning needs, commercial needs, <laughs> Essex Cleaning on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's just it, man. All if you right. want to follow me personally, robert.s.waltz. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> yeah, brother. Uh, is there anything you want to say? Anything? Yeah, man. I I would like to say for anybody who's out there who's an entrepreneur who is actually trying to make things happen, literally just get your ideas, write it on paper, please. Like, it's so important. I feel like if you have something in your mind, it will only just stay in your mind if you mm-hmm. don't put it on paper, mm-hmm. right? The way to execute is get it on paper, write it down and figure out how you're going to get to that dream and make it happen that's it all right my execution drop. my execution. drop my drop <laughs> and uh that's it episode nine here we go black is the new rich please subscribe if you are watching on youtube and uh till next time wow that was dope bro <laughs> <laughs> thank you bro wow.